today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. All right, uh, we've talked uh, at length for the last 41, 42 weeks uh, about COVID-19, how you feel about it. It's interesting to see how our perceptions have changed uh, in regard to this uh, virus over the course of uh, the nine or 10 months or however long it has been. Uh, Many who had COVID-19 are concerned about the long-term effects and even dying, according to a new Leger poll. Uh, To talk more about all of this, Dave Schultz is with us, Executive VP of Leger, and with us now. Dave, thanks for the time. I hope you're doing well. I am doing well. hope you're doing well as well. Also. So how has our perception of this changed, of this uh, coronavirus changed since the beginning? Well, overall, I mean, when you look at all Canadians, our perception hasn't changed very much. We're still, uh, last week's poll showed still about 60% of Canadians were afraid of contracting it. But we've been, uh, we've been tracking it for 40 weeks now, 40 different research studies. And during that time, we asked people who identified with us that they had contracted the virus, what it was like for them, how long it lasted for them. And we learned a little bit about whether, you know, their age and their, their gender. And, uh, and that's really the study that we've reported this week. And I think the findings are, are, are interesting in that 27% or a quarter of everyone who contracted it said that it is, it is unlike anything they have ever felt in terms of how sick they were. And that's a pretty strong statement to come out with. And tell us more. Why that feeling? Why different compared to other illness? Well, we, we didn't go into exact, I mean, I think public health has done a good piece of putting out some of the symptoms of this. But uh, you know, overall, just about half, so 43% of Canadians said they were very sick with this. And only um, 14% they did, said they didn't have any symptoms at all. So I think the sign is this is something you don't want to catch as we go into the holiday season. And it's interesting that a lot of people say that they caught it primarily through family gatherings. So 20%, one in five of the people we talked to that had COVID said they, re- they did catch it through their families. So we wanted to release this now and say it's important to be careful going over the holidays because there is a lot of uh, family-to-family transmission. It's amazing, though, when you think about the difference of opinion here. Here you're doing uh, polling on those who have contracted the disease and, and, and their feelings about it, yet you have people on the complete opposite side of the spectrum that don't think it's anything and that they're not going to get it. And if they do, it, it, it will be minimal. It'll be minuscule. And I think we hear both arguments. I mean, the most famous one was President Trump saying that he caught it and recovered and no problems. Uh, talking to people in Canada who have had it, uh, again, 20% say they were sick for more than three weeks. Um, and again, that 27% who said it was the worst thing they'd ever had in their experience. So I'm sure while some people are not experiencing anything, the bulk of people are experiencing uh, significant illness with this. What about long-term people that have had it in, you know, could it come back? Could it affect their health in other ways, other organs, other parts of their body? We didn't go into that aspect with them in this case. Um, but it's, it's interesting that of those people who contracted it, a quarter of them know someone who has died from COVID. So this is something where you may have it, uh, but it's, it's, You've caught it from a family member. You've caught it from someone you work with. Most people know where the transmission has come from or the event that has led to it. 
So it isn't just you that has it, it's, it's other people around you. We're talking to people that recovered. We're not, you know, obviously we can't talk to the people who have mm. passed away from this one, uh, sadly, but uh, they're, the people we talk to have a very significant level of knowledge of people who have died. It's interesting because, you know, anecdotally, you'll hear people say, well, I don't know anybody that has it. I don't know anybody that's got it. I mean, many people have been tested for it, but a, a quarter uh, is the stat that you have. Somebody knows somebody who's been affected. You know, I think of that discussion when we talk about cancer. Everybody knows somebody who's been affected by cancer uh, in some way. Um, but not so much of this, but that's obviously changing. Exactly, exactly. And I, I think the interesting thing from this study is these are these are people who we could talk to. Um, these are people from our panel and uh, someone who's in a long-term care home or in uh, critical care, intensive care, we're not able to talk to those folks. So these are the people who are most likely, and these are the ones who did recover. Um, this group tends to skew a little bit younger than the population of people who are contracting at the most and dying. Uh, and if this population, which is, as I said, a little younger, is feeling that this is the worst thing they've ever felt, I, I can't imagine for an older population. What about the differing attitudes around age? What have you found in regard to that over the pandemic? Um, it, it's interesting. when For people who have contracted it, if you are younger, you are more likely to uh, report that you didn't get very sick. So that's that's the good news from that. So if you're younger, you're you're more, you're less likely to feel some of the symptoms, and you're less likely to be sick for as long. This is in the 18 to 34 year old category. Um, but there is no difference on age as to whether you know someone who has passed away. So again, it's important to understand. You may be 18 to 34, not feeling a lot of symptoms. You're going to recover generally better than others. But it's important to look out for who you're going to be around during this holiday season who may not recover as quickly. It's amazing how one's opinion may change once you get it and then how fearful you become. Oh, definitely. So 35% of the people that we talked to um, were felt that they were going to die because of having this. And wow. that is regardless of age or gender. So even if you're 18 to 34, you felt you were just as likely to die as the people that were in the 55 plus age category. This is a, this is a disease that even when you have less symptoms, we uh, there, there's a sense that anything can happen to you. What about lockdowns? And I know this doesn't necessarily this survey deal with this, but I know you've touched on this over the over the months and such. Uh, you know, the the uh, premier announcing today or yeah the other day uh, about the lockdown starting on Boxing Day, and you know I feel sorry for any leader, whether it's federal, provincial, or or even municipal, the balance that they have to try to achieve here. Uh, and it seems the premier is getting it on both sides. There are as many people saying shut it down as they're saying what you doing uh keep it open uh, how wh what are people thinking in regard to lockdowns as we head into another one well the survey that we put out last week said that uh, about two-thirds of uh, canadians feel that we should be locked down over the holidays uh just just to make sure we can get through this and that we can um uh, I, I guess not transmit it at any great great rate um, and, and I think that's what maybe the premier was listening to after when he came out with his lockdown this week. 
uh, are people optimistic about an uh, about a lockdown? Um, we we still obviously a lot of fatigue there. A lot of people uh, ready to sort of give up, and and everybody's trying to encourage uh, those to give one more hard push to get to the other side of this. What about the fatigue factor in all of this? There, there's it, it's interesting. There's definitely a fatigue factor popping in. People are, but people are as concerned now as they were at the start of the pandemic. So we, or at least they're reporting they're as concerned. So in other words, we're whining about it. In other words, we're whining about it more, but we're, 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 we're continuing to be diligent. That's what we're hearing. I I do think the, there's a group of uh, people that have not been diligent all along, and they're even more vocal now about not being diligent. I also think there's a, there's an important group of small and medium sized businesses that are trying to survive and, and talk through this and are, are feeling a little bit uh, unfair in terms of how uh, they're having to shut down at the same time uh, or compared to other larger uh, big box type stores. But uh, in general, we're seeing that people want to be diligent. Whether it actually translates into diligence is another story, but we're still seeing uh, Canadians willing to wear masks on a predominant uh, level, willing to social distance as much as possible. I think this holiday will be a challenge for Canadians because there is that fatigue starting to wear in and there is that excuse that we're hearing Canadians starting to make to themselves of, well, maybe just this one person or just seeing these people will be okay. Um, We'll see in the numbers post-Christmas. It'll be interesting to see what your polling shows uh, after the holidays and and we start to see a result of this. Uh, Any predictions for the new year? Well, you know, we actually predicted that once the vaccines were starting to roll out a few weeks back, that we would see people become less fearful of contracting the disease. That hasn't happened yet. And I, I think people are going to respect uh, the the severity and the, the possibility of the virus into the new year. But as we get further along and we hear more about vaccines, I expect that it'll be even harder for public health to prevent that fatigue level uh, and prevent Canadians from just abandoning everything that we've done so far. Dave Schultz has been with us, Executive VP of Leger. Many who have had COVID-19 are concerned about their health and even dying in the future, says the new Leger poll. Dave, thank you for the time and insight. Much appreciated. Be well. And if we don't chat, uh, have a great holiday. And thanks so much for all you've done for us over the year. Thanks. You too, Scott. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. 900 CHML. I'm Scott Thompson. Willers can back at the station keeping the Scott Thompson home show on the air. The last one for 2020. Thank God. Uh, yeah. 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 I was thinking, I was talking to my wife. Yeah. We're looking at, oh my, it's, it's December 23rd today. Where did, you know, where did that go? Remember that? Where did that go? Where did that? Hey, it's Friday. Where did that go? Hey, it's the beginning of a new month. Where did that go? Is anybody going to be sitting, uh, uh, around the holiday table or, um, well, there won't be many people around that table, will there? Uh, or, or doing the Zoom call that are saying, where did that year go? Oh my goodness. You know, it seemed that January just started and boom, the year is over are you kidding me and where does that leave the new and i did this for my commentary today where does that leave the new year's resolution what about new year's resolution like usually hmm, hmm has anybody thought of that what's my new year's resolution to see my family 
<laughs> Can you believe it? Uh, and, and, you know, I'm wondering because, you know, it's always a big thing. It, 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 what are you going to do for New Year's? A, a New Year's resolution? Are you going to start exercising more? Are you going to lose weight? Are you going to stop smoking? That was an old one a long time ago. Um, you know, what have you? Uh, I'm not sure many people are thinking about that. They're just thinking anything, anything that gets us through this uh, is good. So, you know, we don't care about resolutions. Uh, We don't care about the future at this point. Anything's got to be better uh, than 2020. And, you know, what a a day or, or what a way to start a new decade when you think about it. Uh, usually new decades are, you know, a, a sign of optimism and new and changes. We're leaving the last decade behind and into the, imagine if this was 2000. Imagine if this was the new, the next millennium. And many people have said this. Imagine where we are now in 2020 and how we have the technology to sustain what we're doing. Kids learning at home, uh, me doing a show from home for 41 weeks. Uh, in 2000, we wouldn't have had the technology to do this. We wouldn't have, had, or you know, maybe Zoom was there but uh, or some of those other services, but certainly not the way that they are now. So uh, it would be fascinating if... Uh, you know, this had happened in any other time earlier. I think we'd be in, in, in a lot worse shape than, than certainly what we are in now. And boy, imagine the, the loss of optimism if it's, all right, let's start the new millennium off with a pandemic. All right. Very cool. That's, uh, that's lots of optimism. So again, you know, it's one of those years that, uh, and, and I can't ever remember one in my lifetime. I'm sure you can in other than perhaps if you lived through a war that uh you know you just can't wait to get this thing over with you can't wait for the next uh the next year the next anything the next day the next week the next month the next year oh my goodness that has to be better than what we've experienced but as my son said you know january is going to start the exact same way as december ended and it's in this other than of course we're all locked down uh but it's still going to take a a few months for us to get through this even with the new vaccination uh on the horizon and and the moderna vaccination uh, approved by health canada today january february march are still going to be very very uh difficult months but uh you know, I say this to my kids and, you know, at the end of the day, as the mayor said, you know, he's getting it from his relatives as well. Um, next year is going to be absolutely amazing. All right. Uh, it hasn't been a year of, posi- uh, of positive stories. It's been a year of negative stories. However, where there's a will, there's a, a way. And uh, Crystal Gamansing is with, with us, our Europe Bureau Chief for Global News. And uh, she has found some, uh, you know, a silver lining in all of this cloud. Crystal, thanks for the time. I hope you're doing well. Hi there. Yeah, I'm okay. Thanks so much. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. So did it, was this a long assignment? Did it take you a long time to complete this, or was it over <laughs> relatively quickly when you're trying to find the good points of 2020? You know what I have to say? I was pretty excited to, uh, to be asked to, uh, to, to look at all of the, the good things that happened in 2020. I, I think this was a way of the executive at uh, Global National trying to say, it's okay, Crystal, you can lighten up for a little bit. It, it yeah. has been a very, um, a very dark year. Um, lots of really, you know, um, desperate stories and troubling stories. But of course, that we have to cover that. That's our duty, right? But um, I was happy to take a look at some of the happier stories. And no, it's... Um, 
um, you don't have to do too much digging to find those little those little gems that make you smile and go, oh yeah, there are still good people and good things did happen. Um, I am working on this project. It'll be airing next week on Global National, but just as a little bit of a sneak peek, we can talk about a few of them. Um, and, you know, some of them you might kind of go, oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. Like the environment. We saw, you know, clean air um, in places like China and Italy and you know, we saw people in northern India being able to see the Himalayas for the first time right. in something like 30 years. That's a pretty good news story. Or when you think about it, you know, uh, and I'm going to bring it locally, even being able to get a uh, parking spot in any downtown major city for that matter. But, you know, you're right. I remember that very vividly when everything shut down at the beginning of this and there was no traffic. I remember being outside. We're relatively close to the airport. You would always hear the sound of jets and such. But, man, it, it was literally crickets at the beginning of this, wasn't it? Yeah, because remember, everybody kept commenting on, is, are there more birds this spring? What's yeah. going on with the birds? No, we could, yeah. we just were stopping and listening to things and we were hearing them because they weren't drowned out by the sound of vehicles and planes and trains. Um, you know, a uh, health story, I used to be a, a health correspondent and, and I do sort of uh, still cover many health stories, but this is one that, you know, really flew under my radar, but it's huge. Wild polio being eradicated from, from Africa. You know, mm. they, it was just in the early 90s that wild polio was paralyzing, you know, about 75,000 children every year in Africa. They were case-free for four years. It was declared, um, you know, a wild-free polio area in August. You know, we heard Dr. Tedros at home Gabriesis, who was, of course, the, the director general of the WHO. We all know him because of COVID. But at the time, he said that ending, this is a quote, ending wild polio virus in Africa is one of the greatest public health achievements of our time. So just a few of those little changes. You know, Luxembourg started offering free public transit for everyone, trains, mm. trams, buses, whatever. It doesn't cost you a dime. That's a good news story. You know, it's interesting how uh, the topic, especially now that vaccines are becoming available, more and more available, uh, even the, the, the topic of, of vaccinations and anti-vaxxers uh, and such has come up again. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that opinion changes over time, how this pandemic has changed perhaps our view of vaccines. Well, and the vaccine is, um, you know, another good news story. If you look at it from the perspective of worldwide collaboration, scientists, experts, genomic researchers, all working together for one project, one common goal. That's pretty spectacular. We haven't seen that sort of united front, um, at least not in my lifetime. So that is something, um, you know, that's worth celebrating and noting. The story, you know, it's, it's not all, it's a little cheeky at times. There was lots of fun videos and lip syncing that was shared and done. And, I, you know, I don't know about you, but every once in a while when I saw one of those videos, it... Uh, you know, I hit play a couple extra time going, yeah, I need this. This is funny. It's cute. So we highlight some of those as well. Uh, you know, you brought up an interesting point about people working collabor uh, collaboratively for uh, a vaccination or just even trying to get a handle on COVID-19. Many are questioning or have questioned and still questioning the speed at which these vaccinations have been approved. And it's not that they're cutting any corners. The reason that these are, are being approved the way they are is the way that scientists from all over the world, companies from all over the world have literally worked in unison as this has 
progressed to approve it. So because everybody's on the same page and everybody's broken down the silo, that's explaining the speed at which this was approved, which really is a great news story. It really has changed. Everyone's workflow has changed, right? So that same goes for scientists, where they would do things in the lab, continue on, then stop, then write it all up, then review it, then hand it over. You know, that, like you said, that silo doesn't exist. It's a constant change of information that was happening in this situation. So it does explain why it happened faster and, and just the, man, the sheer manpower on it, right? That adds to, to um, you know, it being sped up a little bit more. Um, but we've all changed how we've, we've worked. I changed how I'm working. You know, I'm, I'm not in an office anymore. I, I work in one side of London. My editor and shooter works on another side of London. We, we Zoom and Skype and use all sort of tools to chat and see each other and make changes to stories. So um, we're all making changes and finding new ways to do these things. And uh, 2020 has really been um, a spectacular year, however you want to look at that descriptor. Crystal Gamansing has been with us, our Europe Bureau Chief for Global News. Make sure you keep an eye out for her report on the good stories out of 2020. Crystal, we need some positivity. Thanks so much for this. Uh, Be well, take care, and happy holidays. Thank you so much. Same to you. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML. 911 on a new night Thursday March 14th on Global stream on Stack TV